this Wednesday. Join Messi as he embarks on his historic next chapter with Apple TV Plus's new documentary series, Messi Meets America. Follow along Messi's journey as he takes North America and Major League Soccer by storm. Series premieres Wednesday, October 11th, only on Apple TV+. We should be looking at every single park across the country. We should stop in our cars if we see a youth game. When I'm driving home from training, if I see a pickup game, I drive slowly or I'll pull in the parking lot and I'll watch a little bit. I think we have a lot of really, really good players in this country that can't afford the game, that are just doing what they can to find their joy in it, and they're out there. Welcome back to Offside with me, Taylor Twelman. This summer, it was all about the messy dream that we all lived during League's Cup. But while that was happening, there was another dream that was realized, a true American dream one that was actually on the opposite side of the field going up against Lionel Messi in August in 100-degree weather in Dallas, Texas. In all honesty, Bernard Camungo should have been the story coming out of that League's Cup match. But Miami's Cinderella run was just too damn bright. If he scores, it's over and Miami is through. He does! Miami's story continues on to the quarterfinals of League's Cup. That night in Dallas, before Bernard's goal, before Miami's storybook comeback, my broadcast partner, Jake Zivin, and I learned about the true scope of Bernard's story. The hair on the back of my neck here, hears that story and says, wait a minute, I root for someone like that? But ask his teammates. It's contagious energy. He shows up every day wanting to work, wanting to improve. That infiltrates the entire locker room. You root for players like this, but also we got to raise our hand and say, this is part of the growth of soccer in the country because too oftentimes we look at the negative and we don't see the positive. This is one of the positives. Ever since that night, I've wanted to return to Bernard's story. It's a story that definitely deserves more attention. And just like a couple weeks ago, when we went really deep with the Columbus crew, this episode, I want to hear from the people that shaped him. I want to get to know him better. I wanted to meet his brother, who is a massive part of his journey. And I wanted to talk to the coaches who spent time with him, developed him, and more importantly, they've got the best idea of how far this guy can go. We're watching open tryouts, and all of a sudden, there's this kid that comes out of nowhere. You saw the speed, the fluidity, the athleticism, technique, just incredible. Just stuck out like a sore thumb. And Former North Texas SC coach Eric Quill believed that open tryouts were worth running every single year because he just might find one promising player or two. But in 2021, he did not expect to find a player capable of changing the future of his team, the future of his club. And he certainly did not expect to find Bernard Camungo. To be honest, I feel like I scored a lot of goals to a point where I can't remember. I scored goals, I assisted, I I did a lot of stuff. At this open tryout, 19-year-old high school senior Bernard was making the right passes, beating people one-on-one, 
and of course, scoring goals. But there was one problem. My brother never got satisfied, that's the thing. You know, I did all that stuff, but for him, it wasn't enough. Despite impressing the coaches, goal after goal after goal, his brother Imani actually thought he could do even more. I told him, like, you know, we came from Africa, right? You've never been to an open tryout. Think about your family. Think about where you came from and do your thing. And the way he's playing right now, he's really good. He's, I think Bernard has the most skills. If he started playing like the way he used to, people would be shocked. And the right after Bernard got in the field, he started playing and a few guys behind me, they started talking about Bernard. Oh my God, who's that guy? And right after they started talking about Bernard, I was like, it's over. <laughs> that laugh, I love that laugh. That joy, it's raw, it's real, it's genuine. It's also the biggest reason why I wanted to spend today's episode with the Kamungos. Keep in mind, Bernard's only 21 years old today, and he's already emerging as an attacking threat with FC Dallas. Now, currently, he's recovering from a shoulder injury. He's back in training now, and Dallas head coach Nico Estevez, like all of us, are eager to see if he can continue to score goals for fun. He has something special that he scores in big moments. The other day, it's the run that he made. Boom. Just one play. He feel it, run it, and brave enough to attack that ball and, and score. Oh, and at the other end, the ball over the top requires an intervention, which didn't come. Kamungo scores. The boy who came from nothing gives Dallas everything and a way back into the game. But before we get to the MLS side of his story, I have to take you back to the humble beginnings. Bernard and his brother Imani grew up in an 11-person household in Tanzania in one of the world's largest refugee camps. There are now nearly 140,000 refugees here. And the Yaragusu camp, which I visited twice last year, is now believed to be the third biggest refugee camp in the world. It is desperately overstretched, and there are also reports of militia infiltrating the camp. The government says that they have separated some people and even arrested certain others. Dan Ashby, CCTV in Tanzania. I was born in a refugee camp, a Tanzania refugee camp. I remember uh, playing uh, soccer in the street with my friends. We just organized like 2v2, 3v2, you know, in the street. And then we just, you know, have fun. Because, I mean, what else can you do? You don't have work, you know, just school. We used to go to school, but sometimes me and Bernard, especially on Monday and Friday, we have to skip school and work for people to get some money so we can go watch, like, let's say Barcelona and Madrid, they are playing and go watch a few games. And then like around 6 p.m. to 8 p.m., Bernard will be busy playing games with his friend. And I was just there watching Bernard because every time when I'm watching Bernard playing games, I feel like it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, I really enjoy it. it. It's amazing. What kind of jobs would you guys do? Because I hear you talk about just make money, find Mm -hmm. money. What what kind of jobs would you guys have? Uh, People used to say clothes. So we, we, they will give us some few clothes and we'll be selling to people. And then after we bring the money back, they'll be like, okay, money, here's your share. And Bernard, here's your share. And that's how you used to get, that's how you used to make some money. Amani is three years older than Bernard. So at 14 and 11, they were skipping school just to work. Did your family know that you were doing that? They did it. They did it. Uh, so... <laughs> It was uh, it was just one of those uh, where you know when you're very young you tend to make some wrong decision or you can make good decision. So I think at that time I felt like 
just quit school or skipping school would be the best option to kind of help my family because uh, my dad was the only one that was working and then he kind of find it hard to provide for the family. Sometimes we'll go like a day without eating. Yep. You know, you, you go to school, come back, no food. So I had one plan in mind where it's either, you know, oh, I have a soccer ball I eat in under, under my bed. So I'll just go grab it and then from there, mm -hmm. so we'll kind of make plans from school and be like, after school, we can just go ahead and play soccer, you know, just something fun, you know. At just 12, Bernard was already showing that on the field, he was a little different from other players. When did you first know that Bernard had a real special soccer ability? I think that was back in 2014 to 2015. Because like other people would come and ask for Bernard so they can play with him. And those people was like 20 to 22. They will call Bernard, yo, Bernard, let's go play together. And so that's when I started to believe like, oh, my brother is really good. And they had to start pushing him. But at 12, in a refugee camp, soccer wasn't what it is here in America. It wasn't only played for fun, it was played for distraction. Places like Nyarugusu, you have no work, you can't do anything. So I think the only job you have is playing soccer. So Bernard all the time, even though he's hungry, be like, yo, man, I'm hungry right now. But at the time, if his friends show up with the ball, he'd be like, man, I'm not going to eat again. I just want to play soccer. And then after that, like, because almost every day, his Dory and stuff, he'd been playing soccer, kind of tired. And then after that, he start asking for food. So I think his bail basically almost every day was only busy playing soccer. I can't imagine playing soccer without food or skipping any meal. But I am glad that the game gave Bernard something other than food to focus on. I, I read that you would skip meals to play soccer with makeshift balls, you know, made out of old clothes, medical gloves, yeah. sweat, condoms, whatever it may be. Yeah. Like, I mean, what, what, what was that like? At that moment, I felt like making a soccer ball with gloves and uh, all those clothes and stuff. I felt like it was I was living a life. I felt like I had everything I needed at that time. So for me, I couldn't really complain. I was like, oh, you know, thank God I found a gloves today and I, I can make myself a soccer ball. Now, Imani didn't remember it as innocent as that. Actually, my dad used to work at the hospital. So we have to bring some gloves. And Bernard will steal those gloves from my daddy and find his friends so they can make their own balls. But no matter what they had to do to play the game, Bernard loved it. You know, soccer was a big thing and it was uh, literally my life because uh, in the area that I was living in, everybody just loves me. They were like, oh my God, you, you know, you can play soccer, which that's normal for an African kid, I guess. For me, I just took it like, it's just a compliment. You know, I'm not as good as everybody else is saying. I just feel like... Just something fun, you know? Yep, just something to take your mind away from it. When was the first time you actually played with a real, normal soccer ball? Do you remember it? I think when I got here. No way. <laughs> when you got to the United States? Yes. Yeah, it's... How, wait a minute, wait a minute. Seriously? Yes. How old were you? At 14. <laughs> oh, my goodness. In 2017, at the age of 14 the International Rescue Committee relocated Bernard and the Camungos to West Texas, to Abilene, which, according to that same organization, is home to over 1,000 former refugees. Uh, I remember I, I came here in 2017. Yep. And, uh, you know, there was, like, an African team going on across the street, and I was like, oh, 
you know, they're playing soccer there. And then I seen a ball, you know, I mean, I knew, you know, I knew people are playing with the perfect ball and all that. They've got everything going on. Of course, it's U.S., you know, I'm like, they should have a good ball. Yeah. So now that time, I really, I didn't focus on the ball a lot. I was just focusing on, oh, my God, now I get to play on the grass because back home, I couldn't play on the grass. After school, he came to me, he was like, hey, man, you know what? Today I play with the real ball. I was like, what you mean you play? <laughs> what you mean you play with the real ball? I was like, man. And everybody, they, like, they are so surprised about how I'm playing everything. And they asked him, how many goals did you score? He was like, I think it was almost 10 goals. <laughs> he got him because he was so good at that time. Everybody was surprised. Like, even few few people from the International yeah. Rescue Committee, they came to our house. They was like, man, your kid is so good. At 14 years old, heading into middle school, Bernard had real soccer balls and green grass. But for the Camungos, what was the first impression you had of America? And do you remember your family's first impression as well? You know, back in uh, Tanzania, we find a hard time to just get food or to eat every single time. So my my goal was just to, you know, thinking about, oh, my God, where are we, are we sure, you sure we're going to have food whenever we get there? But, you know, I eat all the time now. You know, I can, uh, <laughs> I, you know, have all my three meals I need. And then it's like, what else can I ask for? Because I was so surprised in America, you can eat anytime you want. Back in Africa, I can eat one meal a day. But in America, I can eat anytime I want. I think that was the first thing I was like, oh, I think right now we are, li- we are living our best life. <laughs> <laughs> And then I tried it, you know, I think it was a cheeseburger or something. And then I didn't like it. I was like, no, nah, I can't have this. So I just, I, you know, I ate fries. And from there, I was like, you know, I'm going to try to stay away from this, uh, this food real quick because I, I don't seem to, like, kind of like it. And then by the time I start going to school, I find out that it's the same food that I keep getting. And I'm like, oh, I guess I need to, you know, <laughs> to need to force myself and like this food. <laughs> As Bernard entered high school, he continued to watch all the big clubs and players on TV, just like the brothers did in Tanzania. But Imani, he was worried. He was worried Bernard wasn't playing as much as he was watching. He wasn't taking his talent seriously. Something kept telling Imani Bernard was not just good, he was special. I believed in him. I believed in him, and I believe he can become someone in the future. Because every day after Afghan America, especially Saturday to Sunday, but now we wake up around 5 a.m. to start watching games. 5 a.m. to 6 p.m., Bernard is busy watching games. And right after the game, you go to practice, you start playing soccer. And I was like, man, he can't live like this. I think I've got to do something to push him. Because he couldn't believe in himself that much, but I have to believe in him and try to push him. How difficult was that? Were there any moments in there where you were like, listen, I trust me on this. I know you can do it. Was it difficult at times to do that? Yeah, it was kind of difficult, especially like was sometime like to Mondays uh, before you go to school. I'll sleep on my bed, but I'll be like, yo, Bena, you got to wake up and start running. Because sometimes I used to tell him like every day before you go to school, you're a soccer player. Spend at least 30 to 40 minutes before you take shower, run run around and come back, take shower and go to school. He was like, man, I can't wake up, man. I was like, man, you got to do, you got to go. Sometimes just wake up and be like, move on that bed. So that was kind of tough. And he was like, man, I think I'm tired right now. I was like, no, you can't get tired. This is the only thing that you have. And if you don't push yourself, no one else will. 
So you got to push yourself. With Amani pushing behind him, Bernard entered high school in 2018. And in 2019, his sophomore season, the Abilene Eagles went 8-6-9, losing in the first round of the Class 6A playoffs. And in 2020, his junior year, the team went 12-6-2. Bernard was named District Co-Midfielder MVP. But COVID arrived. And with the Texas soccer season January through March, COVID cut the season short. But in 2021, Bernard returned for his senior year. Better than ever. And he just kept scoring. Hat-trick after hat-trick, game after game. And Imani, now in Michigan, was still in Bernard's ear. I mean, it's crazy how I had all these people believed in my talent, but I never saw it. But he was one of the guys that used to push me or call out my name just to try to find a tryout. Every time I'll talk to him on the phone, he'll mention, hey, you should go to a tryout, you know, try to find that tryout on, you know, online or something. But at the time, because uh, my English wasn't good enough, like I'm learning English. Yep. I don't even know what tryout is. I'm like, what is that? But for him, because I think he had an idea that I can just go to a tryout and showcase my talent, he used to say that all the time. But for me, because I didn't know anything about a tryout and then I was so scared to actually be a professional soccer player, I was like, that looks scary. You know, I, don't, I didn't think I had that talent to be there. Because I remember first time he would tell me, I would just lie to him. I'm like, yeah, I'll look up something and then uh, I'll probably go to the next one. Uh-huh. And then I ended up not going. So remember, as of this time, Bernard is barely 19 years old. Remember how mature you were senior year? I do. Or immature, I should say. He also hasn't played any sort of soccer outside of Varsity High School. No club. Nothing. Yet. He's scoring first-half hat-tricks and getting goals and assists almost every game. The team is only around 500, but the season isn't over yet. And Imani just kept pushing. So he took that step by himself. He came back in Texas, and he was like, you know, there's two tryouts. There's a North Texas 90 box, and then there was another one 500. Yeah. And I was like, let's take a 90 box, because I was scared. Like I told you, I was scared to be a professional. I was like, this is going to be hard. And I don't want him to, like, disappoint him. I'm not trying to disappoint him and say, oh, I put my money in this, you know. Because, you know, at the time, we didn't really have, you know, enough money. So I, I didn't want him to spend uh, 500. It was like, man, that's a lot of money. I can't go to that one. And they had to find the other one for the North Texas, but that was $90. And I was like, in my mind, I was like, how can you pay $90 and become a professional football player? I don't think this one is real. I was like, man, I can't take this one. I'd rather take the 500 one. And Bernardo was like, no, I've never been to an open tryout. I will prefer to take the $90 one. If, if I don't get a chance to become a professional football player, but at least I'll have the experience. And next time we can find a different tryout. As Bernard's senior season continued, the brothers settled on the $90 North Texas tryout and drove two and a half hours to Dallas for Bernard's first tryout and his first time on the field against anyone other than the 6A high schoolers. Bernard had a game in high school. His game was like around 8 p.m. to 11, something like that. And right after the game, I had to drive him all the way to Dallas. On our way to Dallas, we had a flat tire actually on that night. We had a flat tire. Hold, hold, we had on, to hold start on, who fixed the everything. flat tire? You or him? Me. Me. <laughs> you can't have him fix the flat tire if he's going to the tryout. No, I can't have him fix it. Yeah, yeah. How long did it take you, by the way? Almost three hours to two hours. <laughs> 
we got there and then I see everybody's like <laughs> six four, six two, and I'm looking at my stuff. I'm like, ain't no way I'm I'm passing this one. You know, like trust me, this is like me being honest right now. I was looking, I'm like, ain't no way I'm going there. So at the time, I just put my so socks on, and I think I had shin guards at that time. Put them on, and you know, we started playing first couple minutes, and then my team was always winning. You know, we just win. Yep. They would change the other team, bring out to my team. And at that time, I was like, oh, I didn't know it was this easy. You know, it started getting easier. You know, when whenever the game was going on, and I was like, oh, so this is this is good. But once again, Imani wasn't satisfied. He was still pushing. I remember after the tryout, he's like, I mean, you did good, but you can still do better. You know, you know, one of those. And I'm like, yep. please, just tell me I did good. Because I seen the coaches talking to me and all that. And I was like, I know I did good. Just tell you that. But for him, it was never enough. Even if Imani wouldn't give Bernard the satisfaction, the coaches in attendance, they did. Which included North Texas head coach Eric Quill. They were loving everything they saw from the 19-year-old Bernard. Majority of the time, you can see the guys that have collegiate backgrounds. You know, they've got decent feet. They're making the right pass, with the right the right choice of pass. They looked the part a little bit. But with Bernard, it was more the, the individuality. He could just take people on with ease, glide by them effortlessly, pure left foot, but could come inside and can combine with real finesse. And he was m making guys miss consistently. He was either scoring a goal or setting up a goal. There was no stages of, of average, you know, in that hour and a half. When I got in the field, he started playing, and a few guys behind me, they started talking about Benna. Oh, my God, who's that guy? And right after they started talking about Benna, I was like, it's over. <laughs> it was over. It was clear as day that Bernard got everyone's attention from his play. But Bernard was still raw, talented, but raw. As you get to know his story and where he's coming from, you realize that the tactics were going to be the last thing to come with, with his game. But what you saw individually, you saw star. You saw, I mean, I saw MLS or beyond star power in him. It was a unanimous, you know, this kid was the most talented of the group. The brother obviously saw the potential in him and turned over the, the rocks to, to get him in these tryouts. Bernard was inching towards a professional contract five years after arriving in the United States of America. So when did Eric say he wanted to sign you? Was it at that first tryout? Uh, no, it was because uh, I remember after the tryout, they called me the next day and asking me to come play for their academy for the under-19 for a few, uh, few days, which I did stay here for like a week. And then after that, I was expecting to go home because I had school. Oh, but sure. then they told me to stay and I was like, oh, okay, this is good. We worked it out with this high school that he was going to miss a little bit of school and basically figure out if this is what he wanted to do. We knew what we wanted to do. He had to make that decision as well. And it didn't take, I mean, he, I think he knew pretty pretty quickly he wanted to, to make this jump and, and he jumped in two feet. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it exactly. Like, I was like, are you really signing for the second team? I was like, that's what I'm doing right now. And I was like, me, this is crazy. And my mother, I had to talk to my mother and my dad. They started crying. They was like, this is a dream come true. North Texas SC was and is an elite developmental team. The team, along with Eric, has helped produce U.S. men's national team starters Jesus Ferreira and Ricardo Pepe. Within the first couple months in Dallas, Bernard continued to grow, and he grew fast. As he got more comfortable in the environment that 
he was just exploding. He was taking off each day. It was getting better and better. And him running in behind the back shoulder of somebody and the timing of it was was spot on. Or as him skinning some guy alive, you know, in the interior channel of the field and, and finishing. It was always just making eye-popping plays that, you know, staff and I, we'd look at each other and shake our heads like, we don't, we haven't seen many of these in our lives, you know. And first game of the season, I mean, I, he didn't start because we felt like he wasn't ready tactically to kind of give us that performance consistently. And we brought him off the bench like the last 15 minutes. And he, I remember it vividly, he's isolated on the right side of the box going at somebody. I think he does a double step over and the guy falls down and he rips a left-footed shot in the top left corner. Kamongo, Kamongo is on it. Kamongo left foot. Kamongo step through. Kamongo, oh, that was wonderful. Absolutely sensational. Showtime, Bernard Kamongo. Bernard transcended expectations at North Texas, scoring his first goal in his first game. Three games later, he'd make his first start, going on to start seven straight. As his first season wound down, the team was sitting six, six, and seven. Two games left. Playoffs possible. First up, New England Revolution 2. And what did Bernard do? He turned up again. And it's going to be an outrun here for Camungo to seal the game away. Bernard Camungo for a brace. He chips it forward. And North Texas will seal the three points. Bernard Camungo, his second of the match. That win took North Texas from seventh to fifth. And in the last game of the season, with pressure on, Kamungo did it again. Sosa scrambling back. Also scampering is Raya with a shot and is in the back of the net. Kamungo! He didn't need the help. His third goal in the last two games. Then come the playoffs. Guess what happens? This one bounces off. Kamungo! He's going to be in on Tim Trock. A mistake by Ramos. Bernard Kamungo ties it! Bernard Kamungo again! takes advantage of the mistakes and ties it at one. Chattanooga would score in the 113th minute to crush Camungo and North Texas's playoff run. But Camungo was clearly on fire. Season one had been a success, but that didn't mean it was easy. Quite honestly, it wasn't even over for Camungo. Looking at that season as a whole, he had only started about half the games he played and tactically, he still had work to do. He's obviously skipping the college step and he's going straight into professional soccer. So I think he's learning life away from the game and away from his family. So I think he had some homesick moments, especially when maybe the day of training didn't go that well and we were hard with him or, you know, he had to kind of grow up in those moments and each day is different. I mean, you can have a bad day and and take it home to your apartment and and dwell on it and then come back and, and your mindset can be either the same the next day and then you can struggle again or you can, you can bounce back and have resiliency and and say, I'm, I'm going to, you know, change this, what yesterday was and make today better. It's that That's that learning curve for young players is how do they bounce back from, from the tough days. As North Texas's playoff run ended and Bernard's first pro season came to an end, Bernard's coach now, Nico Estevez, was interviewing for head coach of FC Dallas. When we were talking about Bernard, he told me like, he, this kid is special. He has something that, that is special. And, and one thing that we saw, that is really difficult. You know, you know this is really difficult to find a player. Is that had to develop a lot of things tactically. It was yep. totally lost yep. defensively. No idea mm-hmm. what to do. Uh, even his movements in in the attack, it wasn't uh, very clean. And 
but he he had one thing. He can score goals. Yep. He can score goals and he can make assists. He can change games. It was hard for him at the beginning because in high school soccer in Abilene, Texas, he could walk back when the ball is lost and nobody's going to say a word to him because he's Bernard and he's going to have seven, eight goals in a game and he's the hero, right? But the reality is at the game at the highest levels, you know, no longer do guys really get to walk around for very long, if, if, if at all. But in 2022, North Texas evolved into an MLS Next Pro team. Eric moved on, a new coach came in, but Bernard listened and he leveled up once again. He came out of preseason as a starter, scoring in his second game, the first of 16 goals in 23 starts that season. Now, North Texas finished 13-6-5, the best team Bernard had ever played on, and his 2022 season had caught Nico and FC Dallas's attention. In August, they offered him a first-team contract, but at the professional level, every step you take, there's more competition. There's more critique internally and externally. When he came to this first preseason with us, with the first team, being a first team player, I came to him and we did all the testing and said, uh, you came fat, buddy. You didn't take care of yourself in the off season. And then, okay, but we're here to help you. We're going to help you in how a pro has to take care in the off season and what you need to do now, you're behind your teammates right now. Brazil. Your life opportunity to make an impact and you're behind right now. And it was amazing, his discipline. Taylor, in two weeks, he was boom. He lost yep. everything that he had to lose. He was on track. And from there, we just had to manage a plan to make him uh, play games with North Texas to feel that confidence. Um, yep. And I told about one thing. I remember that meeting that I had with him and said, Bernie, I'm going to ask you one thing only. You have to show me the willingness and the energy and the desire to make an impact. Mm -hmm. If you do that, you will have opportunities. You, I know the issues that you can have tactically. I know some other things that you can have. But if you show this every single day on training, I'll give you the opportunity. Yep. After that talk. He had two amazing trainings, like the training before the game against RSL. Mm -hmm. He was flying, flying. We were in the game 1-1, late on the game. I turned to my assistants and said, what do you think? Who do we bring in? And they were giving options. Nico Esteves will go to his bench. None of them Bernard. And then I turned back and said, bring Bernard. Because I had that conversation, you know, and, and I saw yeah. how he responded. And he came into the field. And he scored. 88th minute. Bernard Kamungo with his first ever MLS goal. And FC Dallas have a late lead. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And that's what's, Nico, that's what's very interesting to me about, about him. And seeing your face when you talk about him, because... You're in it. I'm from 15,000 feet away. And yet there are some big moments he's stepping up. I think the best sign of a young player, not age, I'm saying young, inexperienced players, when they mess up or when they screw it up, their willingness to listen and fix it. I can hear it in your voice. You're telling him one thing. You don't need to tell him again. I'm not mm. talking about tactics because that needs to be repeated. But fitness, energy, contribution, He's then gone on second half goal against LAFC. 
Lofty throw in. Oh, chance here! And it's Pulse home! From close range! Bernard Camungo! The goal against Inner Miami and Messi, it just feels like right now, Nico, he's kind of in this groove of saying, Nico's given me an opportunity. I want to, I, I'm going to run with it. Yeah. And, and to be honest, one of his strengths mentally is, is he listens, as you said, he takes advice, he wants to learn, and he's patient. Mm. Like, I never seen him impatient. Like, he never lost. Okay. I know this year is my first year, it's, it's going to take my time, it's going to be a process. He never lost patient and this is what you know young players yes they lose patient then they start giving up and then is when when they cannot achieve uh, their dreams and what impressed most for the for, from him is like all these things that i'm telling you and the patient that he had and from mm -hmm. from me as coach i know exactly what he needs to improve and i'm trying to work every single day but I, i'm not gonna bother him on that you know he has all their strengths now Let's shine with your strength and we will work little by little. Like that's simple. And then he doesn't take when we meet and say, hey, look at your positioning here. Look at your run. Mm -hmm. He always wants to learn. He's not like, now coach, you know, I was like this or like that. And, you know, mm -hmm. some, some other players uh, could do. And he also always had that, that uh, side that impressed most to me for a young player, you know. How can things get any better for Bernard? Not only did he get the contract to play for North Texas, not only did he become North Texas's all-time leading scorer, not only was he given a four-year contract to play for FC Dallas at the age of frickin' 20, it didn't seem like it could get any better or any bigger. But it did, like it always does, for Bernard. I, I caught Bernard. I was like, are you really going to play against Messi, Busquets, and Alba? <laughs> it was like, man, why are you asking me right now? <laughs> Just going to watch the game. I was like, man, I can't believe it. Because we used to go to work for people so we can get money and watch these people. And right now, you are playing together with Messi in the field. It felt like his whole life had been building to the night Messi came to FC Dallas. Bernard would get to play against Messi, Jordi Alba, Sergio Busquets, the guys that at 11, he and his brother Imani would sell clothes in order to pay to watch play. Now, he actually got to line up against them. Imani, he <laughs> scores one of the best goals we've ever seen. Yeah. Kamungo making a run forward. Ferreira, Kamungo. Oh, Romelo Kamungo! I mean, are, are you sure that wasn't a dream? Like, right after I scored the goal, I freeze for at least two minutes. I couldn't believe what was happening. I started crying. I was like, what is happening right now? And one of my best friends was like, Imani, stop crying. Let's watch the game. Let's enjoy the game. <laughs> it kind of feels like, Bernard, you have a knack for stepping up in those big moments. Why do you think that is? Just never stopping, I guess, because uh, uh, most of the time I just try not to turn off, uh, you know, whenever I'm playing because uh, I've got this, uh, you know, mindset that every time I go in the game, I know I'm going to have a chance or two and no matter what. So which uh, the position I'm in, if I get a chance, it's going to be in a box. So it's either I fumble the chance or I score the chance. So it's all up on me. So most of the time, you know, every game I go into, I know 
you know, if I get a chance in first half, I know second half I'm going to get a chance. It's either earlier or late in the second half. So that's just the mindset that I have, and I think it kind of helps me out along the way to just uh, score a couple goals and assist, uh, you know, every single time I step on the field. What do you, where, where do you think his potential is, though, Nico? Because I, I think I see something that's so raw there that you can't really teach that if he does grow into the tactical side of things, Nico, I don't see any reason why he can't play at a higher level. Well, to, to be honest, I have doubts about what his potential is going to be because he has shown that he can learn in a short term and he has something special that he scores in big moments. Like the other day against Atlanta, like the run that he made, he didn't have a, a great game on a technical side, on the touches, on the on on the defensive side, you know, it, it was like you know, it wasn't imperfect, but boom, just one play, he feel it, run it, and brave enough to attack that ball and, and score. And these players are special, and you know that. And yeah, uh, you can't teach that. No, you can't. Now, September second, Bernard did injure his shoulder, doing what he's best at, scoring goals. It was inch perfect, and that is a sad sight to see. Kamungo levels his team, but elects at the match in doing so. All the respect in the world from a player who put himself on the line to be able to go and get his team back in the match. His night will end his final touch in the back of the net. Bernard hasn't played in the past month, but he is back on the training field. And no matter how his first full season with FC Dallas ends, they're currently right on line of playoff contention. And Bernard's future looks bright in a number of directions. I mean, he's already breaking in and into starting rosters of, of Dallas. And he's scoring what I consider to be pretty consistently based on his minutes. And I, I can honestly say I saw all this coming. Now he's being called into the Tanzanian national team. I, I love watching you play. Just the joy, the excitement you have, your facial expressions. I think it's contagious. And you're such an important player for FC Dallas at the moment. But you also are going to have a significant role for Tanzania's national team. How did it feel getting called up to represent your country this year? <laughs> it was, uh, you know, I was I was surprised. I was shocked. But it's, it's an honor. To How be so? Why? <laughs> I don't know. I somehow I was shocked when they called it. I was like, "Oh, I didn't think I, you know, I, I don't know." Somehow I just never thought I'm enough. You know, sometimes I'm like, maybe I'm not good enough. But you know, when I got called up, I was like, "No way!" Because I remember they they went through my brother. But that day when they started looking for Benar, the coach of international, like for Tanzania, he called me. He was like, "Are you Benar's brother?" I was like, "Yes." He was like, "We want Benar." I was like. You want Benar where? <laughs> like where? Like I was like, man, you want Benar to play for Tanzania? I was like, are you guys serious? I was like, man, you know, I can't talk right now. Can I give you a call tomorrow? And I had to talk to Benar, talk to my parents. Everybody was kind of shocked. My brother, he was so excited to the point where he didn't know how to tell me. So he got to me and he was telling me oh the national team called you and then they want you to join them and i was like when when and then I, you know he told me everything i was like oh my god i can't wait but yeah it's it's just it's an honor to be called up to the national team and kind of represent your country it's it's what all of us want and you know it's just i think it want a big step in my career as well you know that's that adds a layer of confidence and and scout eyeballs around the world and we all know what Major League Soccer 
was attracting from a bunch of European scouts and, and teams. You're seeing more and more players exit, especially young players exit to go over. I would not be surprised if there's an offer to Dallas, and if there's not one right now, in the very near future, that they're going to have to think long and hard about because I, th I think there'll be some big clubs looking at Bernard and I would, I would, I would be if I were them. So, so where do you want to push yourself? Because honestly, Bernard, all of us, when we play at some point, they always ask us, what's your three-year plan, your five-year plan, your seven-year plan? <laughs> I, I was always one that said, I don't have a plan other than every day I play, I'm going to try to score as many goals as possible and move on. I'm just curious, what, where do you want to push yourself? I think uh, my plan is always to, uh, you know, focus on the next day. And then for my next day, for me, it's uh, like, as of right now, I'm just trying to recover from the injury. But <laughs> yep. after the injury, I just want to get back on the field and just keep playing, score as many goals as I can, assist as many uh, assists I can, you know, I can have or assist. So that's, uh, you know, a few things I focus on all the time. I don't look up. Of course, I want to play in uh, Europe. Of course, I want to play in the Champions League. But at this moment, I do not want to get ahead of myself because uh, at the end of the day, you, you just still be a disappointment. So I think it's better to just focus on, you know, what's, what you have now and just, uh, yeah. You know, the lowest point of soccer in this country on the men's side was failing to qualify for the World Cup in 2017. And there's been so much talk about what is sports? What is soccer in this country? What is American soccer really about? So as we grow this sports community, as we grow this league, as we grow with this sport, and as the World Cup and all the world's eyeballs are on this country in 2026, we have to be more inclusive if we're gonna get more Bernard Kamungos. If we're exclusive, you're gonna get way more Taylor Twelmans. And that's not how we grow as a sports community. That's not how we grow as a league. But most importantly, that's not how we grow as people. The football world needs way more Bernard Camungos. But I actually think it needs way more Imani Camungos. Those that believe in friends, in brothers, in sisters, and won't take no for an answer. And they'll find $90 to give a kid a dream. I want to meet every single Kamungo that I can because if they are half as amazing to speak to as Amani and Bernard, and if they have a laugh like Amani, I'm in. Bernard and Amani, you've got a fan for life in me. Offside with Taylor Twelman is a Major League Soccer podcast produced by Apple TV and Rain Delay Media. Our executive producers are Peter Moses and John Yales. Iggy Monda and Jonah Buchanan were our producers this week. John and Iggy were our editors and writers. Iggy managed archival. Michael Gino was our engineer. Our theme music was composed by Brian Decker. And I'm your host, Taylor Twoman. Follow and listen on Apple Podcasts. So when did you give Amani his $90 back? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm still in debt right now because I've been paying. Yeah, I'm um, not yet, not yet. I, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. <laughs>